0: super talk mississippi media production toyota brookhaven services all makes and models that could be why we were voted best service department the past two years come see why exit 40 brookhaven or online at toyota great service great savings at toyota brookhaven we deliver
1: howdy howdy it's rhino here and i wanted to say thank you for listening to middays with gerard gibbert here on super talk mississippi
2: And welcome to Middays on Super Talk, Mississippi. Live in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes with you on a Monday morning. You know, it's been a while since I've been here on a Monday, Rhino. It's 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 a tiny little show today. A little shortened. I, it did that didn't hit me until yesterday. I went, wait a minute. No, hold on. It only goes till noon because then Ricky Matthews takes over with the uh with the wildlife show. It's a blessing and a curse, depending on where you're sitting. Well, looks pretty good from over here, I don't know about you, but I have zero complaints I'm going to register here. Uh, Of course, you know, it's so funny because as I was getting ready for the show yesterday and this morning, once I figured out the Wi-Fi password, it's been that kind of day. Uh, I hope you want to talk about Israel because that's all anybody is talking about right now online. You go to any of the news sites, that's the entire news, that's it. And it's understandable, it's justifiable. Uh, what I found interesting about the whole thing so far, and we'll, we'll, over the course of the show we'll talk about several different aspects, the number of protests over the weekend in America, both pro- and anti-Israel, including a big one with one arrest and some scuffling in Fort Lauderdale, Florida. That that was a big one. They had Atlanta, Chicago, San Francisco. They had several uh, scattered about New York, one in Times Square over by the U.N. building. Uh, tensions are high, Rhino. Do you think that would be
1: a fair way to put it? To say the least.
2: Yeah. And they're not going to ease up because Israel has now come out and said this morning... Uh, that they are basically shutting down the Gaza Strip. They're cutting off water, electricity, food, everything. And then once they do that, they've got 300,000 troops gathered together that they're going to send in.
1: This is going to get ugly. It usually does. Well, this is the Middle East. The the question is, does it get ugly like George Bush Sr., Bill Clinton era ugly? Does it get ugly like Carter Reagan ugly? Or does this wind up with Israel owning the Sinai Peninsula again like in the 60s?
2: Well, depends on who you ask, really. I, I, I mean... Ugly is a foregone conclusion. That's happening. Uh, I'm kind of hoping for the Clinton-W era because that's a little bit better than the Carter era. I mean, I mean, let, let's just be honest, but we're kind of already there with hostages taken, so not good. I don't know if you saw the thing uh, Saudi Arabia came out, and they're blaming Israel for getting attacked. So, yeah, thing, things are going well. Thing, things are going great over there. This is going to be the story for a while. Uh, this is uh, Morning Mose. This is going to be uh, all anybody is going to be talking about this week. But then you layer on top of it, there is one kind of sub-story that goes into this, because with perfect timing, I have to wonder how much of an accident that is, we don't have a Speaker of the House, so we can't do anything. As far as sending additional funding, I saw one thing the experts have weighed in. Uh, The Speaker Pro Tem, Representative Patrick McHenry, cannot even make a motion to have a moment of silence on the House floor. That's how limited he is. They can't do anything until they elect someone as Speaker. Now, they could do an end run around that. They could hold a vote and elect McHenry as the Speaker pro tempore. So at that point, he would be in an elected position, and then he could do more. That's going to be the option that you're going to see pop up if uh, backstage in conference, and they're doing that today, uh, they can't come to an agreement. It looks like they're not going to anytime soon. Somebody may make the motion to just go ahead and do that, just so they can get some things done, because that's what it's going to take. So uh, we'll see how that plays out, but that's another layer on top of this <sighs> cake of stinkiness. We'll put it like that. Let me ask you, Rhino, because you stay up on things? Let me ask your opinion. All right. Because I'm seeing people saying this already online. This is being thrown out as it usually is, but they've got a better case than I think they've had ever with any of the other stuff. Is this the start of World War Three? doesn't feel like it it really doesn't unless some unless we have a secondary event
1: i mean there's been a lot of chatter over the weekend on social media of things that could potentially trigger the first domino to fall to start world war 3 but every time within an hour or two it's been debunked or Walked back, or it's a wound up being a different scenario than first reported. Yeah. Oh, oh, there are
2: things that could happen. That could. Uh, we're we're pretty close to where it wouldn't take much, right? I think, but none of that has happened. None of that is happening. Doesn't mean it won't. I think we're closer, but it's kind of like you go back and you look at what started World War One officially. Uh, Come on, in the grand scheme of things, you look at it and go, yeah, and? Well, no, that was the domino, and it knocked everything else over in line, and there we were. We're, we're kind of almost inching towards that territory in a way with this, because it wouldn't take much. Because now we had the talks lined up between uh, Saudi Arabia uh, and Israel, with the U.S. mediating it to broker a peace talk, now, Saudi Arabia has come out and said, this is Israel's fault, this attack. So those talks pretty well have fallen apart now. I know, it's, it's a big shock. This is breaking news. There's unrest in the Middle East. Never had that happen before. I had a really cynical thought, though. You know, we've had nine Americans that, that they have confirmed were killed in this attack nine american citizens don't know how many were taken hostage they're pretty sure there were some but they have no it could be one it could be 20 we don't know Not, none of them were the right people to pull us into this you just look at the cold calculus of war if the if they had taken the wrong person Oh, it'd be on. We'd rush through electing a speaker today and be right up in the middle of it. But as it is, these people, they were just American citizens. We hate that. Thoughts and prayers. And then we move on. Which deep down in my soul kind of bothers me a little bit. Why are some American lives worth going to war over and others not? I started really heavy this morning, didn't I? I did, but it's just—it's just a fact. That's the way it works. That's the way it's always worked. If Ferdinand talk, talking about the, the start of various war wars, uh, if it hadn't been Ferdinand, instead it was you know some some guy named Steve, uh, nothing would have happened.
1: Yeah, if it had been the Archduke's bellboy, yeah. Oh, well. Instead of being the Archduke
2: himself. Yes. Oh, oh well. Boy, that that's a shame. Now, we can't have this kind of behavior as it is. The entire world went to war. So it, that that's one of the things that can make something happen here. It's not even the degree. It's who. Specifically, who. So we're going to have to wait. Let it play out. See how this goes. Hopefully, we can... Get this worked out. But I think, Rhino, you summed up the three possibilities pretty accurately. It could be a mess, a big mess, or Israel will just own the whole peninsula again. And it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Got to keep an eye on it. And, of course, Washington in gridlock right now because, well, hi, welcome to America. Have a seat. We'll be with you momentarily. When we come back, we're going to get on a much more cheerful topic. Thank goodness, but had to deal with that first. That's the news today. Well, when we come back, Agriculture Commissioner Andy Gibson will be here. It's a big week. Rhino, do you have your audition tape in for American Idol? By the sadly, way? no. Oh come on!
1: I didn't man. get it done in time.
2: Lazy. I swear we got to get you motivated, man. I couldn't quite figure out the choreography. I just had a series of mental images I didn't need. When we come back, (laughs) Andy Gibson joins us in the Element Well Studios, live on Middays. Keep it here.
1: Seabrook, Benjamin Moore Paint, and a happy wife, happy life. Seabrook Paint, in Jackson on Monument, and in Ridgeland on West Jackson.
0: First down! Shining up through the shoe. Underneath, I'm just a cotton picker, picking out a miss of flu. Show me where I start. Did you pick
2: this just for him? <laughs> Thank you. This was a personal selection, wasn't it, Rhino? Yeah. Welcome back. Middays of the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes here. Agriculture Commissioner Randy, uh, Randy. Ran, yeah. Your name's Randy now. No, it isn't. No, it's not. Andy Gibson <laughs> joins us. Uh, and, Commissioner, this is a big week that you've been working on for, what, 361 days
3: and counting, yeah, right? That's right. You know, we, we really do start planning the state fair right after the the last one uh, ends. So we, we've been booking talent and getting ready, uh, really really excited about this first ever Mississippi State Fair Idol competition starting tonight the top 40 will kick off at six o'clock and that's a feeder competition for American Idol and I invite everybody to come out and enjoy that it's uh, tonight the top 40. Tuesday night, the top 20, and then the top five will be selected. Tomorrow night, will go on to the to the national uh, competition. So it's exciting, and we know we have a lot of great talent in Mississippi.
2: Well, if if recent history is any indication, out of the top five tomorrow night, at least two of them will be in the top five in the whole show. Well, I got a, I got a good feeling about it. That's They're, right. That's it's, just the way it works. Because we're Mississippians, and we know how to sing. No, there's, <laughs> there's two types of singers, Mississippians <laughs> and then the other ones over that's there. That's right. And, you know, we're not going to talk about them. No. They're okay, I guess. That's but. right. Yeah. We've got the good ones. Uh, this is something new. How did, how did you come up with this idea? How did this come about?
3: Well, uh, you know, last year we, had, we brought back the Mississippi State Fair Talent Competition, which had been something that was done way back when, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. And then uh, uh, American Idol heard about it. I don't know if somebody videoed it or what, but they heard about it and they reached out to us and said, "Hey, we'd like to come to the state fair and do uh, auditions down here." So, uh, of course, we said, "Yeah, come on!" And uh, it just kind of uh, snowballed from there to to the now. We had about five hundred uh, folks, young people, who did digital audition. They do a digital clip and they send it in. And then of those five hundred, forty got selected. And I'm looking forward to hearing them tonight and see we'll see what. They they have to offer i know it's going to be good probably quite a diversity from different genres of music country music blues and all all rock and roll who knows what'll be in there it's going to be good whatever it is
2: well and you look at the people that have made it big on the national and international
3: stage over the years from mississippi it's every genre you can think of that's right yeah yeah and, and you know we've we do it better than anybody else in Mississippi. I'm, I'm on, I'm on, I consider myself the promoter in chief for our state. And, uh, I, I know that we don't have to, uh, and it's not bragging if it's fact. We don't, we don't have to brag about our talent, but our people are just naturally gifted. And that cuts across every genre and every background. So it's something to be proud of. We're proud to have them welcome, uh, American Idol to Mississippi today. No, you can talk the talk all you want as long as you're walking the walk that's right and we do we do now
2: that's not the only thing it's not a two-day fair with just uh, the american idol you got a lot of stuff going on this oh,
3: week we got more than we can talk about here today but we have all of our livestock shows going on beef uh, competitions and um, uh, sheep and pigs we had sheep and goats over the weekend and pigs and there's a rabbit and a chicken uh show as well for the for kids that might not live on a farm but want to raise something through 4-h they're going to be there uh the livestock shows of the heart and soul of the Mississippi State Fair. That's how it all began 164 years ago, back in 1859. And, uh, we got ride-a-thons, survive, ride survivor specials going on. The carnival is bigger and better than ever. We've got uh, every day you can come experience a taste of the Dixie National Rodeo right by the biscuit booth uh, in the in the children's section of the uh, Frontier Village at the State Fair. So uh, the taste of the Dixie National is something we thought we would bring uh, to try to combine two signature events here in Mississippi, our State Fair and the Dixie National, so the same folks that put on the Rodeo are here and they're doing daily shows at six thirty. They're free with your fair admission. So there is really a lot of fun family activity going on on the fairgrounds today, and and all the way through next Sunday. Uh, today's Columbus Day. There are some ride specials that are in place. Uh, then the, we're looking forward to the big weekend Saturday and Sunday. But come on any day, any weekday during the fair. Uh, admission is free, except today, Columbus Day, admission is free during lunch from 11 to 1. So you can come uh, and eat your lunch at, the, at one of the many selections of great fair food and support these local businesses.
2: Well, I just got to say, and once again, I have to apologize. We have messed this up because... Uh, We were several minutes in before you mentioned anything about food, and we should (laughs) have
3: led with that. That's right. Food is what what brings everybody together, and we all have to eat. And, uh, you know, the food, the fare vendors that are here, uh, have the signature food that you always look forward to at the state fair the fair food that you might splurge on once a year but they have a lot of great uh, food that you might not know about like we have new vendors about 12 new vendors that are here this year bringing barbecue and seafood and a lot of good stuff that uh, you can just sample a little bit all of it i'm, I'm gonna
2: take a guess going way out on the limb here Probably something deep fried.
3: Oh yeah, you can get deep fried everything. Deep. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've had my share this past weekend of deep fried food, and in uh, and healthy food too. There's a sandwich uh, uh, shop there, sandwich uh, Subway. It's not 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 Subway, but that type of sandwich uh, that's on the midway. If you like healthy food, so uh, but uh, whatever you do, don't forget about the fresh hot homemade buttermilk biscuits at the biscuit booth. Open every day, starting at four o'clock today. And uh, we'll go through 10 o'clock give about 100,000 biscuits out or so, maybe a few more than that this year, we hope, with the good weather that we've been having. And thanks to our good sponsors at Kroger and Prairie Farms and Blackburn Syrup for making that happen each and every year. Did, I, I want to make sure I got that right. Did you say 100,000 biscuits? We give 100,000, at least 100,000 out every year at the State Fair. Last year uh, we did. And, you know, we in the past there have been some years when we have good weather like this that we'll give 150,000 biscuits out, and our folks are back there baking them. Non-stop, they bake about two hundred and eighty something biscuits uh, uh, per per batch, and we give them away as fast as they come out of the oven, hot, fresh, homemade buttermilk biscuits. So if you want somebody to put a hot buttermilk biscuit in your hands, there's only one place to be
2: this week. That's right. Come on down. Uh, but you've got you've got the food, you've got the rides, you've got American Idol there tonight. I yeah. uh, got great entertainment as we do. well.
3: We do. We've got a lot of great entertainment acts lined up. We've got the Commodores who are going to be here this week, and then Jeremy Camp, a Christian artist, will be here Sunday afternoon to close out the fair. Uh, earnest uh, up-and-coming country stars and you know a lot of local talent kind of sp- uh, sprinkled in we decided to do these bigger names inside the coliseum treat them like a traditional concert and when you buy those tickets in advance you get free admission to the fair so it's worked well and we think it's going to be kind of the pattern for the future as we look ahead
2: very good yeah, well and that's one thing and you're big on this continually changing and adapting and adding things and making things work better than they did the last time
3: around we have to i mean uh, there are always uh, good ideas that come around that we hadn't done before you know the famous famous last words of a dying organization is we've never done it that way before and so When you get innovative and you start seeing, we look at what other states are doing with their state fair. They have different ideas, and we can learn from those. We do some things better than they do. They get ideas from us. But I think taking the best of those ideas and trying to, to take it to the next level, we want to get some bigger name acts here at the fair. The problem has been it's so expensive that, uh, you know, we, we just uh, we have to be thoughtful and try to get the right act at the right time. And some of these rising stars have been a success for us. And uh, we do that with the Dixie National Rodeo as well. we got a great lineup coming up for February and taking the same approach.
2: Well, and I was going to ask you about the Dixie National do, 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 are you able to completely enjoy the fair this year? Because I know there's a part of your mind that's already working on the Dixie National, right. uh, continuing to work on it, I should say, because you've been working on it again since yeah. the last one ended last year. Uh, do you get to enjoy it, or is it somewhere in the back of your mind like, oh, yeah, I need to do this for Dixie National?
3: Well, no, we we that's one reason we combine them together. And we this year, for the first time, we began selling Dixie National rodeo tickets early. There, You can buy them right now at the Coliseum Box Office or on Ticketmaster. If you want to see Megan Moroney or any of the other good uh, the lineup that we've got, you can check it all out at DixieNational.org. But uh, bringing them together. Kind of, if you will, cross selling these events to one another. There are people who come to the fair that have never been to the Dixie National. There are people who've been to the Dixie National that hadn't thought about coming to the fair. And I think we can grow both of these great Mississippi events if we just uh, have uh, the different fan base uh, support each other. And so we've sold a lot of Dixie National tickets. Uh, we've already sold 7,100 tickets. And normally these tickets wouldn't go on sale until, you know, Thanksgiving time. We try to hit that Black Friday mark. But uh, we we went on sale early. Glad we did, and I think we'll have another sellout. Had we've had not one but two back to back record rodeos the last two years, and we want to set a third record this year.
2: Yeah, and you know, it, it just strikes me that whole idea of cross promoting. At any point had if you had the thought go through your mind, why haven't we been doing this before? Come on. <laughs> that was man. the
3: question I asked. We yeah. What two great events that can support one another. Why not? Let's yeah. do it. And they're very complimentary.
2: They so that was yeah. that was a
3: genius idea. It was yeah. a great idea. We got a great staff. We got well, a great
2: team. Can you hang around for a minute? Sure. Yeah. Despite me trying to rename him, it's Agriculture Commissioner Andy Gibson. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when we come back, I want to get into the agriculture part for mm-hmm. just a moment, and some good news I was sharing with you a moment ago yeah. that uh, we'll get to. It's going to be very welcome for the state coming up towards the end of the week. We'll talk about that next on Midday's Live in the Element Well Studios. <laughs>
0: You're listening to Middays with Gerard. Gerard Gibbert, here on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: My daddy spent his life
3: looking up at the sky. He cussed, kicked the dust, saying, son, it's way too dry. The clouds up in the city, the weatherman
2: complains. But where I come from, rain is a good thing. As always, Rhino on point with the bumper music. He is
3: good. Great stuff.
2: Welcome back middays live in the Element Wealth Studios. Agriculture Commissioner Andy Gibson in studio with us and we were talking during the, actually right before we went on and then again during the break, uh, we've got a rain problem
3: we we do we uh, we have a a drought problem and it's not just us this drought the, that we're experiencing which is worst in south mississippi but it extends about to 99 percent of the entire state right now that drought goes all the way out across louisiana all the way across te- te- texas and new mexico all the way up the mississippi river basin to the midwest and across north the northern united states so we we are in uh, the, uh, the the throes of a severe drought that has not been seen this bad probably since about 1988. Uh, I remember that drought as a, as a young man, an 88, 89 drought. And it's serious, and it is having serious effects on our agriculture and our livestock producers in, in this state.
2: Well, and one thing you and I were talking about, and I was telling you, my wife and I were out and about, headed over in the Natchez direction and in southwest Mississippi, Past several different fields where they were – in one of them, they were actually out there actively, I'm going to say, trying yeah. to cut hay because yeah. they
3: weren't getting very much out. There's not much there to cut. baling dust. Yeah. It's about like that out there. And there is a hay shortage that we have. Uh, for the last couple of years, there's been a drought out in Texas, and those folks have been buying our excess hay uh, in Mississippi for a couple of years. Now we have not been able to produce the, the type of hay that we needed to have for our own cattle and our own livestock, so we have a, sh- a hay shortage. Mississippi State Extension has published a hay directory that's online. You can, If you have hay for sale, please go there and put it in. If you need to buy some, go there and check it out. But uh, because of that, uh, we've seen... Livestock barns sell probably, you know, 50% or more greater head of cattle uh, in a given week. One, One week last week or the week before at Tadlock. 3,000 head went through which has never happened before in one day because folks are just not able to feed these animals through the winter which is why this rain that we hope and pray we get is so important we got to plant some ryegrass and uh, our south mississippi livestock producers in particular south of i-20 myself included we typically plant ryegrass to for for grazing for the winter been too dry to plant i mean when the dust is three inches thick on top of the ground if you sowed it the birds would get it or it didn't rot so we need that rain to moisten the ground and let us be able to plant some grass and hope and pray it continues to rain uh throughout the winter so we it's a serious situation uh, a lot of soybeans that would have made beans didn't make they've been bailed for hay to try to try to help have something to feed the, the animals and uh, uh, you know we did have a really good corn crop Corn comes in earlier, solid, strong corn crop. Cotton, where it's been irrigated, is, you know, doing, doing okay. But in a lot of South Mississippi, cotton just dried up and fell off. Same thing with the soybeans. And uh, right now our, our livestock producers are facing a winter with a hay shortage. That's, you know, pretty unprecedented around here.
2: Well, and what you were talking about, uh, the National Weather Service out of New Orleans Uh, has put this out. They shared some stuff from uh, the National Hurricane Center because there is an area down in the Bay of Campeche, the southwestern part of the Bay of Campeche, that they're watching for development. Hmm. They're giving it about a 20% chance to develop uh, over the next seven days, but it's going to be here before then. It's headed in this direction. And looking at the official map, they have a map showing locally heavy rain possible. And this is for a time range from Wednesday through Saturday morning, according to the graph. Gulfport? three to four inches over mm. that time. Mm. Poplarville, two to three inches. Hattiesburg, one and a half to two inches. Yeah. Macomb, one to one and a half inches. We'll take it. Uh, basically going in a line covering Wilkinson County and then going northeast from there up north of uh, Meridian. You're looking at at least an inch of rain this mm. week. Mm-hmm. A- and that's a good start, but it's going to take more than this to yeah. fix this, isn't
3: it? It is. It's going to take more. And uh, But this this is a welcome sign. You know, the drought map, the U.S. Drought Monitor map, uh, it's online. It's a national service. And if you're experiencing drought in your area, you can go on there. to Just Google U.S. Drought Monitor map and report your conditions because that's one of the ways that they keep up with what's happening where. And if you're a farmer out there and you're looking for resources, I highly encourage you to go to the Farm Service Agency in your local county or neighboring county. There is a program that has been triggered with this drought uh the uh the low interest loan relief program through the farm uh, service agency as well as livestock forage program uh the, due to the drought so you can sign up for both of those and through the farm bill uh through that congress appropriates those are resources to help farmers continue we need every farmer that we have we can't afford to lose anybody producing our food and uh, for those who have had to sell out, I highly encourage you to get back in when the weather conditions improve. We we need everybody who can uh, farm farming. It's as we look to the future, uh, food production is going to be critical for the next decade, and and Mississippi has always been a leader. We want to continue to be that leader here in the southeast.
2: Well, well and you know we have the uh, we're not. I cannot believe I'm going to say this. We're not that far from the new legislative session starting. Right, we're just a couple of months mm-hmm. out. Is there anything you'd like to see them do that could help in the world of agriculture? I mean, they can't vote rain
3: in. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I think they
2: would if they could, we, but we,
3: they can't. We'll all be praying for rain. Keep praying for rain. You know, the legislature passed something that is directly related to agriculture, a foreign uh, purchase of farmland study committee. And I'm, I'm serving as chairman of that committee right now. We have our next meeting October the 19th uh, next week. And we're looking at the issue of foreign countries who have come in right under our nose and bought up – large tracts of farmland in Mississippi, 770,000 acres to be exact. So this is an issue that's not only affecting uh, Mississippi, but the whole country, frankly, Texas is the the leader in that. They've had more foreign interest buying up their farmland than anywhere else for whatever reason. So they asked us to research this and make a report to the legislature by December the 1st to find ways to tighten this up. And uh, we already have laws on the books, it turns out. They just haven't been enforced. So we're going to be making that report to the legislature by december the first and uh we have a we've created a place on our website Uh, farmland uh, website you can go to mdac.ms.gov farmland and you can have you can read uh, all the information you can watch our hearings and you're welcome to attend the next hearing october the 19th at 10 o'clock so that's a big issue we can't afford not only to lose our farmers we can't afford to lose our farmland in this state because food production is 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 the most important uh, asset that we have to to be able to produce our own food and fiber and shelter, and it 's critical we look at that so that 's a big issue and then I think and i'm going to highly encourage our legislators to look at sort of rebuilding helping rebuild our agriculture processing and food storage infrastructure that we have. Uh, with the walmartization of america it's kind of slipped away and i think we need to really focus on having more local not just production but storage cold storage processing facilities so that we can put up food for hard times and we pray that hard times don't come but as we look at what's happening the food supply around the world is dwindling right now due to a variety of factors including weather and also war Uh, we need to, we need to make sure we look out for ourselves and our state and, and have plenty of food supply, uh, here, not only when the growing season is happening, but during the winter months and when, uh, when food is not being produced. So those are two things that I think the legislature, I hope they'll look at and certainly I'll provide whatever support I can toward those efforts.
2: Well, and and let me just say, I don't see the big problem with the storage because beef and tomatoes and all that that comes from Walmart. That's where they make it. Uh, yeah. You know, <laughs> I can find you people that will tell believe you it.
3: that. Yeah, you know, seventy percent of Americans don't know where their food comes from. The yeah. study just came out. They think it comes from Walmart. No, it comes from a farm, and we better we better have ways to preserve it, put it back, and look out for our people when the hard times do come.
2: Got somebody on the text line wanting to know if that uh, committee hearing will be on the legislative
3: Facebook channel. No. It'll be live streamed. It'll be on our website, uh, Mississippi Department of Agriculture and Commerce. We uh, we record that, and we don't live stream it, but we record it and then we post it. You can watch the last two hearings on that website, mdac.ms.gov look for the farmland section on our website and you can read and listen to the last two hearings and then this third one will be uh, put out after it is recorded next week it's october 19th 10 o'clock that's our next meeting and we're going to be taking testimony from citizens who have signed up and groups that want to talk about this issue and the importance of it
2: uh, don't want to jostle your hand you may not even have this information fully collated yet Is is there any one country that has bought more
3: than any other country? Yes, there is. Now, this is based on information that USDA has published. The United States Department of Agriculture says that the Netherlands, the Dutch country, has bought... Um, the majority of this land. And if you've been following the news, they've been shutting down farming over there. So I don't know if that's a correlation or a coincidence, but the Netherlands is number one. Germany is number two. China is way down the list, but they do own some Mississippi farmland. And uh, a lot of other countries, Canada is another big one. So, yeah, we're looking at this. We're going to propose solutions and hope the legislature will tackle it in the session.
2: Let me just say, if you would like to audition for American Idol at the State Fair with a rain dance, Andy and I will each try to slip Lionel Richie a 20 to get you in good. Yes. We'll take everything we can get at this point, right? Bring it on. State Fair, get out and enjoy it. Come on, we'll see you there. Commissioner, great job as always, Thank my Thank you for having me, Dave. Appreciate y'all. God bless. Anytime. We will continue live in the Element Well Studios on Middays next.
0: You're listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi.
2: I've got to have my hands up for this, man. Welcome back, midday's in the Element Wealth Studios. Dave Hughes with you, Rhino over in the booth, as always. And uh, you know,
1: if we're gonna have participation, I'll pull out the shout.
2: Oh, you don't want to do that. There are people driving. We could we could cause <laughs> snarl ups. We could cause problems if we do that. Uh, we've, we've got a. Uh, Okay, let's just stop and go back for a second. Andy drops that pipe bomb on us and leaves. All we hear about is China, 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 China. China, China. Our problem is China. China is our problem. Well, while we're all focused on China, which Andy says is way down the list, the Netherlands is buying Mississippi. What?
1: Would you guess that? Uh, not the Netherlands, no. Germany didn't really surprise me, but the Netherlands is surprising. Yeah, uh, Germany made sense. The Netherlands?
2: Where did that come from? It just goes to show, you got to keep your head on a swivel. If you focused on this one thing over here, uh, before you know it, the Netherlands come in and buy your backyard. I didn't realize the tulip markets were up that much. Well, you know, tulips are they are cyclical, just like everything else. We can have another tulip boom which was basically the NFT of its time. It was basically the Pokemon trading card craze of its time with tulips. Go look that up if you don't know that story, by the way. It's absolutely fascinating and completely hysterical once you read into it. Uh, But, yeah, apparently uh, we're going to have fields of tulips now. There are worse things. Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, I'm not really going to complain, except that, you know, we could use that for other things like, oh, I don't know food. I like food. Me and food have a long history going all the way back to basically the day I was born. And we've become good friends. I'd like to keep it around. So tulips, Eh, I don't know. And they may be growing food on it. Maybe. And then turning around and selling it to us at a markup. (laughs) That's what I would do if I bought land in the Netherlands. So, yeah, that, that was fascinating, though. That was a good move by the legislature to put this committee together and get them to investigate this because we have learned something now. And I think he said it was, what, over 700,000 acres in Mississippi are owned by foreign countries, the biggest by far being the Netherlands. You just never know. So, yeah, I, I just wanted to loop back because, again, he drops that while the bumper music is playing. There there was no time to get into that. (sighs) Hearing coming up on the 19th, I think he said, is the next one for people to show up and to talk about. Uh, We have uh, something really cool coming up tomorrow night. I don't know if you know this, Rhino. You may have missed the meeting. You may not have seen the 872.3 billion yard signs that are out, but it's an election year. Uh, And tomorrow night, right here on the Supertalk Mississippi Network, the whole shebang, everywhere, Uh, 6 o'clock, the 2023 Supertalk Jones County Meet the Candidates event in Laurel. Now, they're going to have the local candidates there, but they've got, I think it's five of the statewide candidates that have confirmed they will be there as well. So you're going to kind of get to hear from everybody, a broad spectrum of folks that are going to be on the ballot in a month. Uh, That's tomorrow night at 6 o'clock. Uh, right there on your favorite Super Talk Mississippi station. Pick one that comes in good, considering where you're at, and then tune in tomorrow night at 6 and enjoy it. We'll get into this after the news. We're not going to have time right now. I'm sure you saw this story of this kid down in Baton Rouge at Walker High School, the girl. They got kicked out of being the SGA president. She got kicked out because... Well, at their homecoming. Now, keep in mind uh, to, to give you the proper reference, and we'll go over this in more detail after the news. Uh, kid has a 4.2 GPA. She's graduating early. She starts college in January. She is the president of the student government association. She volunteers with kids in the school district in her free time. The, this this kid is one of those you want to point out to your kid and go that. Do, do that. Do more like that. Well, at homecoming, after homecoming, they had a private event at the country club down there. Had to pay $50 to attend. Not only did her mom pay the $50 for her, attend, her to attend, the mom was there. She went as a chaperone and was standing there. They were having a good time. Somebody videoed her dancing with her friends. That person showed the video to this girl and her mom. Said, hey, I'm going to post this on Instagram. Is that okay? They both watched it and said, yeah, sure. That's fine. Just having a good time. The principal then called her in the next week, kicked her out of the Student Government Association, rescinded his recommendation for any scholarships that she was eligible for that he was recommending. Because she was dancing. We'll give you the full story, and there's an update this morning. Late-breaking news on this story that just came out. We'll dip all the way into it and see if we can get Kevin Bacon online, too, after we take a look at news from Fox and Supertalk Mississippi News, headed into hour number two of Middays in the Element Wealth Studios.
0: That's all there's love. And now...
2: Super Talk Mississippi Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios, Dave Hughes here on a Monday morning, the second, usually middle, today final hour of the show. And uh, coming up in just a bit, we've got the president of the Mississippi Fire Association, John Pope, the Collins Fire Chief, joining us. Uh, Let me just go ahead and give you a preview of what we're going to be talking about. Don't set anything on fire. Thank you. Because you, you, you right now, with the conditions, you can't set just one thing on fire. If something catches on fire, six more things are going up. That's just the way it's working right now. Uh, I, I know back home, southwest Mississippi, over the weekend, I lost count of the number of fires that they were having to respond to. It, it was literally for a little while there, it was every 30 minutes Another one started in a different part of southwest Mississippi. It was continuous. So I kind of ease up. on. It. Don't thump cigarettes out the window. We will find you and give you an atomic wedgie. If you don't know what that is, look it up. Well, no, actually, don't type that into a search engine. That's not really going to turn out. I'm giving bad advice again right now. Okay. So the story I was talking about, down at Walker High School in the uh, Baton Rouge area, basically, uh, this girl, uh, what's her name, Kylie, I think it is, uh, Kaylee, Kaylee Timonay, president of the Student Government Association, up for scholarships, 4.2 GPA, graduating early, starting college in January, uh, volunteers with the kids in the school district. I mean, this girl's a real deal. She's good. Well, they had homecoming. Went to a party at a country club after homecoming game that you had to pay $50 to get in. Her mom was there watching her dance. A video of it, with their permission, wound up on Instagram. The principal of the public school, Jason St. Pierre, Uh got wind of the video, called her in, kicked her out as student government president, told her he was no longer endorsing her for a scholarship, and the reason that he gave her uh, was because, let, let, me, let me find the exact quote, uh, said, uh, they were concerned about my afterlife because I wasn't following God's ideals. Because she was dancing at a private event with her mom standing there, not on school property. Um, what? Supposedly, the principal, uh, when the mom went to talk to him the next day, he showed her he had some Bible verses printed out for her daughter to study so that she could get right with God, because she was dancing. She was out there doing that evil dancing. Can somebody point anywhere in anything that says the principal of a public school has the authority to punish a student because they were doing something with their parents' approval off school property? I I can't see any angle where that works. Well, the school board got involved, obviously, and they all exploded over this. The community got involved. They actually printed up T-shirts that they've been wearing that say, let the girl dance. Everybody involved, the DJ at the party said, I didn't see anything bad going on at all. It was just kids having a good time. The mom said there was nothing wrong with what she. I was standing there watching it. I saw the video. There, there was nothing bad there. I don't get it. Well, Saint Pierre, in his apology that he issued, said, "Quote: Our student government members are held to a high standard of student behavior." While I stand by that premise, I do believe that standard deserves the input of not just myself and top administrators, but also those student leaders. I hope to create a path moving forward where we can work together to create clear expectations for all. Well, I would start with mind your business, which we have talked about before, I think is one of the major problems we have in America and on planet Earth right now. I've brought out the old cliche, many times good fences make good neighbors is a time-honored expression for a reason. You keep your nose out of your neighbor's business, he keeps his out of yours, and everybody gets along a lot better. When you only tend to the business that is yours, things go much better. In his apology, he said the subject of religious beliefs was broached by Kaylee and myself. Kaylee immediately stepped forward and said, "No, it wasn't. He brought it up. I never mentioned it. I couldn't believe he was talking about it." Well, this morning, Principal Saint Pierre called an emergency staff meeting, got them all in the in the office, and quit. Excuse me, he retired. Potato, potato. Um, how have we gotten this crazy? I mean, literally, we had a movie about this in the 80s, pointing out how ridiculous it was. That's why I said we needed Kevin Bacon on line two. This is not
1: new, but it's still happening. It seems to be a distinctly Louisiana problem, though. Yeah. Because you think back to, was it May, June, it was sometime during the school year in 2020 when kids were going to Zoom classes, in Louisiana, you had the, was it a fourth grader that got in trouble for having a BB gun in his own home? Yes. There was a BB gun
2: leaning against the wall in the background in his room at his house. And uh, he got in trouble because he had a BB gun at school. Mind your business. Because I'm sorry, let me ask you a question. This is the question I'm going to ask you. Because this is the hot topic right now. If you're sitting there going, well, somebody needs to teach these kids morals. Well, this was not a bad thing at all. Okay, let me ask you this. If you don't believe in the transgender situation at all, but they're trying to push that at school and you have a problem... And in this case, the parent was there, doesn't have a problem with what her daughter was doing, but you think it's okay for the principal to come down on her for it? How big of a hypocrite do you think you are? I'll go ahead and give you a hint. Huge. Huge. Enormous. It's not like she was videoed doing lines of cocaine in a field somewhere. She was at a sanctioned event at a country club with her mom standing there watching her. Honor student. Graduating early. Oh, but she was dancing. Really? We haven't advanced any further than this. But standards are standards. I I fully agree that schools should not be overruling parents when it comes to their kids and what they I firmly believe that but that applies across the board you don't get to pick and choose oh well if they're if they're overruling it in favor of something I'm in favor of well that's okay no 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 raise your own kid it's not their job their job is to teach them and send them home where you raise them there are there are some people getting up uncomfortable right now right Bet you a dollar. It's just the way I see it.
1: I'm just waiting for a video from John Lithgow in support of her. (laughs)
2: Leave Kaylee alone. We'll get one of those at some point. Oh, that's a good point. Thomas says, is it illegal if the field is owned by the Netherlands? Well, that actually turns out to be a, a legitimate question we have to ask. Jason says, there's an old hillbilly song about minding your own business. Yes, and I think we that, that should be taught in schools. Why not? It would be useful information. <sighs> Sorry, when I saw this, I got fired up. When I saw this last week, I got fired up, and then the update came across this morning, and I'm like, oh, oh, the saga continues. Hopefully he goes home and thinks about what he did. Spoilers, he won't. When we come back, we'll see if we can get John Pope in here and talk about why it's a bad idea to inflame anything. We'll do that. Well, boy, that's perfect timing. Next.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's do this. On Super Talk Mississippi. Let's go.
2: Starting the interview with our alibi wherever it is we didn't start the fire so john cannot blame us basically <laughs> john pope fire chief in collins and the president of the mississippi fire association and i would assume one of the most tired people in the state right now i tell you what the firefighters of the state of
4: mississippi are are worn down exhausted a, exhausting uh, last you know two or three months specifically but uh Hopefully, as Commissioner Gibson said earlier, everybody keep praying for the rain, and we can hope that we get some rain and can uh, have some of these fires to subside.
2: Uh, at least in South Mississippi and, and Southeast Mississippi, are going to get some by the end of the week with That's that correct. system moving up. So That's correct. That, that'll that help, but the problem is it's been so dry for so long, John, that if you get an inch or two of rain... it's What doesn't sizzle away when it hits is just going to be sucked right down in there, and we're not going to be much better off. Well, when all the, the drought
4: conditions has caused so much more additional fuel that's there. So material below the ground level... Is now dried out as well so the fire is going to sit there and smolder longer uh, have a longer chance that it may uh, have a flying brand that could get away uh, in these wildland fire situations and brush fire situations uh, uh, ember or brand burning brand can travel in wind currents up to a half a mile and still have enough uh, heat to it to be able to ignite in another location so that's what we see is some of these fires that the fire departments and the forestry commission and and hats off to those those folks uh you know mississippi has generally been a state that has been sending firefighters out of state to assist and we've actually had uh you know fellow forest commission agencies from other states that have sent resources in to Mississippi specifically in the south and southwest part of the state uh and the forestry commission and our firefighters as a whole have just been you know up against the wall with this uh but they continue to serve but they are they are pretty pretty weary and worn from the last 2 months
2: well and i i saw uh when i was out over the weekend uh, I saw a crew headed to a column of smoke over on the horizon out uh, towards franklin county high school i don 't think it was at the high school, but it was over in that general direction uh, and they they had the the back hose and everything else to put dirt on it and try to uh, try to put it out because most people traditionally in these kind of situations think you show up with a big hose and you hose it down there 's a lot of different ways to fight these things there are there are a lot of different ways that have to be
4: deployed for fighting these fires uh, it may be that uh, local fire services may be there for structural protection and exposure protection and the forestry commission crews uh, go in with the dozers and tractors and are able to to go in and plow uh, do back sets to be able to uh, to burn the fire back Uh, so there's a lot of different ways depending on the uh, wind currents and conditions uh, and just the magnitude of the fire i mean we have seen fires in the south part of the state uh, that have burned hundreds of acres just on one fire. You look at the large fires that were uh, uh, dealt with in Louisiana uh, recently and such. And some of these fires burn for, you know, up to over a week uh, that they're trying to get ahead of them and get control of them. So just, you know, we ask everyone just to please abide by the burn ban. I was telling you earlier before uh, we came on live that I had a gentleman that called every morning about 9.15 to ask if we were still under the burn ban. And I said, yes, sir, we are. He said, well, how long do you think we'll we'll be under it? And I said, we'll be under it until we're not under it anymore. We have to get suitable amounts of rain to be able to bring conditions safely Uh, and most of the public abides by that there there are still those that will attempt to burn they think just as you brought up someone said well it's just a little small pile or a little fire pit that i want to burn some limbs or leaves and such uh it only takes that one stray brand or ember to jump across and cause uh, countless dollars worth of damage or could burn structures or could cost someone their life Uh, and also too is is If someone is carelessly burning, if they go out and they uh, violate the burn ban and fire services respond to that because of a careless act, that's taking a delay and causing a delay for those services to be able to get to another emergency. Maybe someone has had a motor vehicle accident and is trapped in a car. Uh, There's a a home fire, um, et cetera. Uh, So that does deplete these resources. And two... We're dealing with a, a shortage of firefighters in the state of Mississippi. We uh, we just uh, were talking a, a few weeks ago at a at a meeting, you know, with uh, these new recruitment and retention uh, program that we're working with, trying to increase these numbers of firefighters in the state. And when you're dealing with uh, depleted numbers of personnel to respond, uh, it really it really taxes the resources that you have that are already uh, very small. So we just ask people to please, you know, be uh, be mindful. And just abide by the burn ban, it can wait. It can wait. Leave those there and when it's safe and it's it's released, uh then you know, look at doing such.
2: I will j I will put it this way, because I'm not as nice as John. You know this by now. This is not news to anybody. Nobody cares about your stupid limb pile but you. Nobody. Nobody cares. It's not that big of a deal. It can sit there until we have had a good bit of rain. I'll tell you, uh, to me, a good rule of thumb of when you can burn your burn pile, when you have to wait for it to dry out enough to catch fire, then you're good to go probably. But you yep. still need to check on the burn ban. That's right. Exactly. I, I'm. See, you're being all nice and professional, and I'm like, don't be stupid, <laughs> because that just is how it strikes me. Well, and people, you know,
4: I think they now, they don't have any excuse to not be aware that the burn ban's in place. It has been publicized, uh, you know, so heavily. Uh, we, we put posts out on our Facebook page on a daily basis, sometimes multiple times a day. Uh, you know so it's it's been out there so people have no reason not to know.
2: And you know I got the question a week or two ago because I've been talking about this for a while on a very regular basis and I uh, somebody asked me said, why are you still talking about it? you know is everybody knows <laughs> no, they don't you were tell you were giving me some numbers about the number of fires yeah, just uh, the in, excess number of fires yeah
4: just in just in our our area and just in our county. I'm looking at numbers that the fire service departments in our county have responded to over 150 to 200 or more additional fires just during that time frame period. Above what they would normally, have, would. normally would have. Yeah. And those are all woods or, or brush type fires or trash fires. So, you know, that's just one part of the state. We're talking about everything, you know, even it was was originally, you know, it was like I-20 South you know now it's further north and that's dealing with it you know as uh, the commissioner talked about the uh, the drought index i mean we haven't seen uh, drought levels like this since the late 80s uh, so it's it's definitely uh, it's a different uh, beast that we're dealing with right now and we just pray that we can get some rain to get some relief uh, for the fires get relief for our farmers and get relief for our firefighters
2: And again, I could be wrong, but I suspect it's going to take more than just one little dose of rain to fix this. Just because it rains doesn't mean the burn ban is lifted, doesn't mean you're clear to go burn. Wait until you hear the official word. And the the other tricky part to me about that is you have burn bans issued by the state. You have burn bans issued by the counties. Uh, The state one could be lifted. You could still have one in your county, though, right? That's correct. That's correct. The the counties
4: uh, can apply for burn bans through the forestry commission the forestry commission reviews it and then they'll approve or disapprove uh but the one we're under now is under a state burn ban was issued and approved by the governor and the forestry commission so that's a that's no no exceptions to that one uh but after the state ban is lifted the local counties can uh, choose to uh, still stay under a burn ban, and if approved by the Forestry Commission, it can remain. And you have a lot of areas that uh, you know in municipalities that they do not allow any open burning any time. Uh, so they're basically, you know, there's no permitted burning. So uh, each location can can be different, even after
2: the statewide burn bans lifted. Basically, don't assume. Just because we get some good rain doesn't mean everything's good to go. It depends on where you're at. It depends on what the local governments have done. The state ban and a county ban might lift at different times. Uh, so uh, check Be- That's correct. before you flick your bick.
4: Check. It's not that hard. Well, think. and you know, and this is this is Fire Prevention Week, and October is traditional perfect Fire timing. Prevention Month. Yeah, perfect um, timing. You know, so uh, you know, this year the the topic for Fire Prevention Week uh, through NFPA uh, was specifically dealing with cooking fires, um, and uh, those were you know is a leading cause of of fires in the home, and leading cause of, of fire deaths. And so, uh, you know, we take this time to remind people just to be alert. Practice fire prevention, Um, you know, uh, be uh, sure of of all the things uh, that you can do to prevent fires in your home and and
2: otherwise. And while you've got your mind on fire, I know you're supposed to do it when the clocks change in a few weeks, but go ahead and check your your smoke alarms. That's right. Check your smoke alarms when you fall
4: back and spring forward is a perfect time to change the batteries in your smoke alarms. Uh, And if you don't have smoke alarms, you can reach out to your local fire department. There are smoke alarms that are available uh, through a uh, a gracious grant that the State Fire Marshal's Office received, and contact your local fire department about getting operable smoke alarms in your home. Uh, uh, Very important piece of equipment to have that could save your life or the life of a loved one.
2: Well, uh, Can you hang on for a minute? Yes, please. Fantastic. John Pope, president of the Mississippi Fire Association, Collins Fire Chief, and has put a lot of miles in over the last couple of months. I can tell you that right now. We'll continue talking talking with him on Middays, live in the Element Wealth Studios, next.
0: Bring it on! Middays with Gerard Gibbert. It is on! On Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Love is a burning thing. And it makes a fiery ring. Welcome
2: back to Rhino Serenades, the president of the Mississippi Fire Association show in the Element Well Studios. Dave Hughes here. John Pope said president in studio with us, Collins Fire Chief. Uh, you know, we were talking about a lot of stuff during the break. Uh, we, we covered everything, I think, before it was over with. So That's we're right. done. Oh, wait, no, they didn't get to hear it. So we need to talk about it now here. Uh We do have, uh, you know, Fire Prevention Week, Fire Prevention Month going on. We've talked about that, the burn ban. Uh, But there is one thing that I want to make sure that we focus on, and we were talking about this in regards to legislative action. And that's the fact that we have a ton of people that are volunteer fire people that will be dead asleep, out to dinner with their family, in the middle of, you know, a family event, something, anything, And that alarm goes off and they drop their life to go get in their truck, beat it down to the station, get in a fire truck and come out and save your house, save people's lives. Not for pay. That's correct. But because it's the right thing to do and somebody has to do it. As a result, it's very important that the volunteer fire departments get every last possible penny of funding they can get.
4: That's correct, you know, and we've, we've, uh, you know, in the years that I've been president of the Firefighter Association last, uh, this will be my 12th year coming up, six terms, uh, we've uh, worked with the legislature to secure additional funding for the fire service as a whole, specific funding for the volunteer fire service. Uh, most recently this past session, uh, with the help of both the House and the Senate, uh, we were able to secure the funding for the LOSAP bill, the length of service award program, which will uh, provide, uh, so to speak, a service benefit for our volunteers for the number of years of service each year they receive a financial annuity added into a fund, and they could draw that after a certain amount of time, uh, and we believe that's definitely going to be a tool we can use for recruitment and retention. But when you're dealing in the state of Mississippi and in the U.S. abroad, over 70 to 75 percent of the fire service is volunteer. Not every community can be supported or served by a paid or a career fire department, um, You know, many communities are operating on very small tax bases. Uh, They don't have the financial means to be able to have that. So the volunteer fire department steps up and serves that community. And our volunteers throughout the state of Mississippi and throughout the U.S. do an outstanding job. Uh, Each and every day, we have men and women who step up to serve their local communities, not for a paycheck, not for a pat on the back, Just because, as you said, it was the right thing to do. They want to step up and serve their fellow man. And I used a, uh, in a conversation years ago, I was going to talk with the community about garnering more support for their fire department. I said, what if there was a fire and there was nobody to show up? What if there wasn't a volunteer fire department in your community? And that's what is suffering many communities is, is the lack of volunteerism. Now, everyone has a lot more things buying for their time. Our children are busier. um, Our work lives are busier. uh, But we still have got to have those services in these communities. And uh, we hope that through the LOSAP program that we can see uh, the volunteer numbers uh, increased uh, and see that bolstered and that we can say thank you to those that are serving and um, we hope that it, it brings more in uh, dealing with the legislature you know we've uh, had a lot of victories um, and we've had some defeats that's just the way it is you're not going to get everything you ask for we try to have strong tangible evidence and facts to support what we ask for uh, one thing that specifically is going to be asked for uh, in the coming session is trying to see about increasing the fire insurance rebate funds uh, that's something that that, uh, the Commissioner of Insurance, the uh, Department of Insurance, is, uh, has tried to work on and working on, and we want to see that because those dollars support all communities of the state of Mississippi. Every county, every city, every small town, every small community, they all benefit from those. Uh, and that, in turn, helps to support the fire service. Uh, you were just talking about cost of fire apparatus. When I first got in the fire service 27 years ago, 26 years ago, um, a fire truck fully equipped for a, a basic commercial pumper with everything on it you needed to fight fire, hundred and fifty, hundred and seventy five thousand dollars.
2: That'll buy two tires now.
4: Exactly, and so now you are talking about that same truck on a commercial chassis uh, being upwards of five hundred thousand dollars. A custom cab truck, uh, seven hundred to seven hundred thousand to nine hundred thousand, and a ladder truck over a million and a half dollars, and it's not a bunch of bells and whistles. That's just the, the bare bones of what's needed to be able to protect the community and keep the firefighters safe as they respond to these. So the cost is, is exponential, and
2: it's continuing to grow. We're dealing with it uh, across the board on everything that we deal with. And here's the problem with waiting and talking about it to make sure. From the time you sign off on it and say, yes, we are ordering this fire truck until it is delivered, about how long is it? Right now, two years. Right. Two years. So if you would like to have a fire truck to put the fires out in 2025, you better get on it right now. That's why you can't kick this can down the road. The can's already two years down the road before you draw your foot back. So you have to get started now.
4: Well, it's, you know, and it's just it's a cost thing. As it goes, costs are going to increase. Mm-hmm. Everything has gone up. We know that everything with supply chain and everything is, has gone up in delays. Uh, but, the, you know, we just want to be able to see funding available to the fire services, uh, both on the volunteer and the career side, that everyone can be protected Um, As we talked about with the legislature, you know, years ago, uh, we were able to get an increase on the line of duty death benefit for our firefighters and law enforcement officers uh, who lose their lives in the line of duty. Funds to be able to provide those families and loved ones left behind support them, uh, and it was increased from sixty thousand to a hundred thousand dollars. It was back in two thousand thirteen. Um, we uh, we we fought that battle for about two and a half years to try to get that, and we secured that with some help of some uh, great supporters in the legislature on both sides. Um, Tomorrow, uh, we will be honoring our, our fallen heroes in the state of Mississippi uh, for the Mississippi Fallen Firefighters Memorial to be on the grounds of the State Fire Academy tomorrow morning. Um, and at that service, uh, we will be um, adding two additional names to the memorial wall. Uh, the memorial wall was constructed and established in 2005 by the Mississippi Firefighters Association. We saw a need to have a location to where we could honor uh, the memory of those men and women who have gone before us and paid the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, 122 names on that wall now since 1885. Uh, fire service, uh, heroes, men and women who served their local communities, uh, stepped up and said, Send me, I'll go, and, and ultimately paid the ultimate sacrifice. Uh, we'll add names, uh, tomorrow. Uh, Jesse Lee Hunter. Who passed away in 2021. It was a COVID line of duty death. And then Philip Allen. Philip was a firefighter with the McGee and Seminary Volunteer Fire Departments and lost his life tragically while responding and, uh, and operating on a motor vehicle accident on Highway 49 in Covington County. Philip was a close personal friend. Um, knew Philip for over 20 plus years. Um, a lot of the names on that wall. That have been at in recent years, I knew personally or had personal contacts with them. Um, Our department has a line of duty death, uh, Chief Jerry Drennan, that passed away in 1990 uh, after a a structure fire incident. So for us, tomorrow is an important day that we honor and memorialize them, but we remind those families of those that have uh, those firefighters that have passed that we hadn't forgot about them. And we'll never forget about them. We continue to remember them and lift them up in our thoughts and prayers. Uh, But tomorrow is a day that we'll join at the State Fire Academy to honor those. Um, And there's no more fitting a location for that memorial than on the grounds of the Mississippi State Fire Academy, where so many
2: Mississippi firefighters get their beginning in the fire service. You know... You talk about uh, when you go to the legislature, you want to have facts. You give them facts, which is the only way you can deal with this. Uh, Again, in my usual way, I'm going to try to help as much as I can here because we have legislators that listen. Here's a fact. These people will run into your burning house and save your child's life for free. I eagerly await your rebuttal. What, well, and, uh, what's the argument there? Well, and uh, Representative Donnie Scoggins
4: from Jones County had a home fire at his home, um, it was um, prior to a session. And he talked about countless times. He was a, a, a big force in pushing for the LOSAP bill to help us to get that started and bringing that out. And he talked about you know watching those firefighters respond to a fire at his home. So he saw it firsthand, Mm -hmm. and countless other ones have told us stories of that. Um, And several members of the legislature have been firefighters. Um, And they know. know, And and so they know, and and they step up to support the cause. And and we do get very good support from the legislature and the leadership. Um, And we try to, if they ask for information, we provide that information to them. Um, You know, we don't come in uh, without uh, being educated. Uh, We want to be respectful of them and and them be respectful of us. And so if if we have a need, we can justify it and present it. Uh, Generally, they have uh, uh, positive things to try to support us in that, and we appreciate that.
2: And uh, we just
4: need all the support and more. Indeed, indeed. And we just ask everyone to, you know, uh, turn their attention to fire prevention uh, throughout this week and this month. And always um, be fire safe and uh, be mindful and uh, just keep them and their families safe.
2: It all boils down to my golden rule of life. Don't be stupid. If you can follow that one rule, Darren and Jackson and your flamethrower, if you can just follow that one rule, we'll all be happier. Indeed. And... John can take a nap, finally. (laughs) He last had a nap in April. He's due. I appreciate you, and thank you so much to you you and and all your folks for everything that you're doing to keep the entire state from burning down, which has been a risk for a couple of months Well, we appreciate the the strong support from
4: from all the Supertalk family and appreciate your support. And um, 7.3. Are
0: we going to do this? Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
2: Back, Super Talk, Mississippi. John Pope enjoyed having him in here. Always enjoyed talking to him. President of the Mississippi Fire Association. Your bic, don't flick it. Best advice of the day: keep it in your pants. Just threw that out there on the desk, and leave it there. Uh, Not a surprise; we knew this was coming, but just a little while ago. Uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. officially announced that he is dropping his Democratic bid for president and is running as an independent. If you listen off in the distance, there's some people in the Democratic Party that just went, "Eh, eh." not because they're afraid he's going to win. They're afraid he's going to split the vote. I, I I don't think they're wrong. What do you think, Rhino? What do you think the ultimate impact of that will be?
1: Uh, I don't think he has enough financial backing to pull a Perot where he gets that significant a percentage, and he seems to have support from both sides of the aisle in a way that it would be tough to pick whose side he would pull the most votes from. I think you're exactly right, and
2: and it's going to be interesting to watch this play out. He will have an impact on the election, especially when you consider the most recent polls in a potential Biden-Trump matchup are basically a dead heat in the national polls. So you swing a couple of percentage points one way or the other, and you're deciding the election,
1: basically. Speaking of Biden, the White House released a statement about an hour ago calling a lid. Yes. Nine Americans dead.
2: Netanyahu apparently told Biden on the phone yesterday that, uh, well, what's the quote? Quote, we have to go in. We can't negotiate now, end quote, which tells me Biden called him up and told him to negotiate. Why would that even come up? Unless Biden got Netanyahu on the phone and said, now, here, here's the deal, slugger. You you, you 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 gotta you got you gotta sit down and talk with those dog faced pony soldiers.
1: That retaliation mindset is malarkey.
2: Yeah, you can't be doing that. You know, uh, I got I got golden hair on my legs, and yeah, and it just wandered off, and finally Netanyahu said, "Shut up. We can't negotiate now. That's the only way that would have come up." with them having a conversation. But as you said, they called a lid already for the day. Nine Americans dead. A war declared by Israel because he his security council approved it. Netanyahu declared war officially. Americans hostage, missing, and we're done for the day.
1: And a suspicious number of American-looking military equipment being used by Hamas in the invasion. Yes,
2: the uh, was delivered by UPS, the Ukrainian parcel system, maybe.
1: Or did it make its way from Afghanistan?
2: They could have very well made it. So that's probably more likely. I've seen the Ukrainian theory a lot, which doesn't really. I don't know, something about that that doesn't gel with me, but uh, uh, Afghanistan? Oh, yeah. We left a bunch of good stuff behind, just sitting there. The
1: Taliban's well-equipped. Oh, yeah. Which there was scuttlebutt about them saying to Iran, let us at them, let us at them, until a spokesman for the Taliban in Saudi Arabia came out with a statement saying, no, not yet. The official call of the press lit was an hour ago.
2: a.m. Eastern Time this morning, they called a lid, said the president was done
1: for the day. Not nothing else coming. For a guy that spent the majority of his adult life yearning to be president, he doesn't seem to want to act like a president very often, if at all.
2: No. No. The White House denied that the lid was an indication that Biden is disengaged with the events in Israel. Well, he took the rest of the day off before lunch. I'm pretty sure that's a clear sign he's disengaged with what's going on.
1: He It doesn't count if he's sitting behind the Resolute desk with an ice cream cone while people tell him stuff, because he's not paying attention, he's not listening, and he doesn't care. And he's not going to retain it, even if he did.
2: He will be finishing up his ice cream comb, asking if we can go get some ice cream, because he's already forgotten he just had that one. You know, strategically, it might be the best possible move to just go ahead and call a lid early and push him over to the side a little bit. I mean, there's only so much, uh, in all fairness, there's only so much the president can do until we get a Speaker of the House elected. A lot of the stuff, additional emergency funding, all that kind of, that has to go through Congress. So, to some extent, it makes sense. Not much, but at least there's a, a kernel of sense there. Had a good time? Headed to the outdoors with Ricky Matthews after news. See you soon. A super talk Mississippi yeah. media production.